0: You are listening to The Essentials Podcast, episode number 2, recorded live June tenth, two 2013.
1: Good evening everyone, you are watching The Essentials Live. Thanks for joining us tonight, I'm really excited that you're here with us. I'm Rich, pastor at King of Glory. I'm joined tonight on my right, your left, with Derek Hackett, member at King of Glory. And on my left, your right... Paul Anderson. We are pumped for tonight, because tonight we're going to be talking about uh, God and elevating our vision of who God is, who we are as humans, and talking about some different issues that come up when we talk about creation and uh, talking about humanity. Paul Anderson is going to facilitate our discussion tonight, and then we want you to jump in whenever you want to on the right side of your screen and ask a question or make a comment via the chat bar. So please, ask your questions, make your comments. And uh, tonight we are in a brand new studio. We're in the basement uh, in my office. You can see some nice wood paneling behind us here. Maybe next week uh, there'll be a little different setup. We'll have a little more visual appealing going on. But the office is just beginning to get organized. So. I like what
0: you've done with the place so far. <laughs> looks it's
1: nice. very nice. looks nice. All right, we're going to get started tonight. Paul, why don't you get us rolling with the conversation tonight?
0: All right. Thanks, Rich. Again, I want to welcome everyone here tonight. And um, we do have some... Items to kind of work through here to guide the conversation, but again, I want to echo what Rich said and encourage everyone to uh, submit questions online. We uh, won't hesitate to cut in and handle questions as they come in. Um, so anything that it kind of relates, go ahead and ask. And then uh, fo- anything follow up as to things we're talking about is is definitely welcome too. So first of all, to get started, Rich, I'm going to ask you to uh, give a little bit of a recap of your sermon yesterday, which kind of kicked off our uh, topic of creation is what you're talking about. So why don't you just maybe, for those that were there, get a little refresher, but also those maybe that weren't able to join us for worship yesterday.
2: So yeah,
1: yesterday then, we jumped in week two of our essential series, and yesterday's uh, non-negotiable is that God is creator and sustainer of all things, and humanity is created in His image. Yesterday what I was trying to do is argue that we need to elevate our thinking about who God is. That we need to remember that he's creator and he's sustainer of all things in other words he's the owner of everything we also need to elevate our thinking about who we are as human beings in other words we need to stop we need to stop thinking less of ourselves we need to think highly of ourselves of who god made us to be and so um yesterday we focused in on on that and uh, then finished with by challenging all of us on two practical things one is to recognize our biggest temptation is what I call the me, my, I temptation. In other words, putting myself first. It's all about me. I know best. The second practical application was to find that person in our lives that we can treat with great honor that usually we ignore or treat poorly because everyone is created in God's image. So again, the idea was elevate our thinking about who God is and about who we are as human beings.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, thanks, Rich. I, I was kind of... Uh... I liked the question you asked towards the end of the sermon too, and he said, um, "I think this was one of your your PATs. See, what if we started treating everyone as if they were created in the image of God?" I thought that was a just kind of a powerful question to ask, and um, I think uh, I think the city and the world would look a lot different if we were if we kept that in mind all the time. So I thought that was a really good uh, thought to put in my mind. So I do want to go back um, to one thing that you mentioned there, and that is um, you talked about we need to elevate our thinking of God. Um, because really, I think that our view of God is too small, which is part of the point you're trying to make. Um, because somehow in this magnificent creation, um, it seems like somehow we still minimize the magnitude of God to some extent. And I think part of it maybe comes from a just a limitation that we have in terms of understanding. We can't wrap our minds around all of this. Um, but would you or maybe Derek want to fill us in a little bit? What do, you, what can you can you say about like how can we overcome that idea of just being maybe overwhelmed or just this idea of kind of going through life and sort of not really taking in that magnificence of God and all of creation? Kind of get over that idea of God being too small is sort of what I'm getting at.
2: Yeah, I think. <clears throat> I think the biggest issue, and Rich did mention this in his sermon, when we see God as too small, I think that comes from when we place human understandings upon the creator of the universe. Mm -hmm. I mean, we take these little ideas of things that I, as a human, understand the world to be, and then I put God in that box. And then once I do that, I make God smaller than he is. And, And I think we do that across the board. Like, I think one of the ones Richard talks about, which I think is very important in our society, is we say, well, I could never believe in a God that is this. I can never believe in a God that would do that. And I think that puts God in such a small box Mm -hmm. that we instantly then make God not the creator of the universe and make God a creation of myself. And I just abstract myself onto God. And I think that's what we need to overcome is Mm -hmm. if we can break out of this idea that our thinking about who God is changes not based upon how I see God, but based upon what God reveals to us. So as we read scripture, which is what we talked about last week, God's revealed word, we should take that at face value. If that's who God is. It's not who I think God is. I think that's step one.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we, it's, this weird, it's this weird balance back and forth, because on one hand, we only have human language and human understanding to describe God. But we need to recognize from the outset that we're going to fall short with human language and human understanding to describe God and to understand who God is. But at the same time, we should be extremely thankful that God has revealed himself to us using human language and describing himself in a way in which we can understand. Uh, But the great danger is we create God in our image rather than God creating us in his image. That's the great exchange where we create God rather than God creating us. Mm
0: -hmm. All right. Thanks, guys. Um, I'm going to kind of continue on that that theme a little bit because... um, Derek, as you said, we, we kind of get stuck in this idea where we don't have enough understanding, so we we end up kind of fashioning this our own idea of God. And part of it's just because we're trying to fill in the gaps a little bit. We're trying to understand, and so we, we place our own ideas, thoughts, desires around what we think God is or maybe should be. Um, I wanted to get into a little bit what, what I think is probably a common view of God, um, probably especially in America, I'm going to say that, that I've that I see a lot and that's this idea of deism where um, God is sort of this distant you know creator he created things but then he sort of stepped aside I've heard it described as like God as a clockmaker, for instance God created this like magnificent intricate clock uh, then he just kind of removed himself stepped back from the picture and you know isn't actively involved now in his creation um, and we see that People kind of live that way. In some sense, they keep God at an arm's length, maybe. They aren't looking at that um, real close relationship or that obedience on a day-to-day basis. And really, God is kind of around there to as someone to go to in times of distress. Um, and also someone that's there at the end of life to take yeah. us up to heaven happily ever after. So I just want to get your guys' thoughts on, um, first of all, how do you see that kind of playing out maybe in our culture right now? And maybe talk about some of the pitfalls of that, um, some of the
2: dangers of that. Yeah, I think that that truly, right behind us extending our own humanistic view on top of God, that is clearly the next danger of just saying, well, the only time that I believe in a God is where in which I cannot explain anything. So that would be, well, I cannot explain how the world is here, so there must be a God who created it. And then at the end of life, I don't know what happens, and so then a God must come down and grab me. And, and that is that deist view. And I think that that's a huge danger. One, if you proclaim to be a Christian and you prescribe to that mentality for your life, that's just awful. I mean, there's no transcendence of God. There's all these characteristics that are talked about in a resource book about who God is are just nothing then. And, and I think that that, once again, takes that box. And it's almost like point one in, <laughs> enters in point two because then we're putting another box around this creator God. And I think that truly is a big danger. And I think that that plays out in our human lives a lot in that you know, I only... I'm only going to take God in my life when I need to take God in my life. Versus, I'm taking God into my life, all of my life, and and I think that that's a big danger. Yeah, the, the
1: beauty of deism is that um, I can have a buffet before me. Is that I can yeah. choose when to uh, go to God, and I can choose when to believe um, God wants to be involved in certain things. Yeah, and it's so quite it's convenient. Has it, a beautiful <laughs> setup yeah. thing. The challenge of deism is that it goes. It, it just completely contradicts jesus mm. jesus inter, intervening in humanity in earth god coming to earth in a human form so this idea of god creating everything and then stepping back and letting it go thing um, is not at all the message of the bible the message of the bible is that god created the world next thing you know the world fell into sin things started to fall apart but then god has a plan to redeem the world so he's so he god himself enters the world he doesn't just stay back. He enters in and gives us a, a pattern of living, but then also dies on our behalf. So deism just completely really ignores Jesus Christ. Um, it ignores uh, the the sovereignty of Jesus, basically, in our everyday living. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a major problem in our culture. Uh, we, For example, it's a lot of times it's talked down on to mention God in the public sphere. But the very moment there's a national tragedy, mm-hmm. there's a... There's a prayer service held, and God is mentioned over and over again. It's that, a good thing that there's a prayer service held. The problem is, yeah. is that when we only do that in those moments of chaos, we're really neglecting what God has revealed about himself, that he wants to be engaged in our day-to-day
2: lives. Yeah, I think there's a, I think there's a good quote in our book. If we go to page 22, in, in section C, it says, As the world order is not self-created, so it is not self-sustaining. And as God is, the stability of your universe depends upon the constant divine upholding. And I think that's interesting to think about. And, and that totally throws the idea of a, a deism or a deist God that's that sort of separate from the world because we believe in, the, in the, the scripture references are in there about this understanding that God is needed to keep the world going forward as it is. And, and that just, I think that totally blows a lot of people's minds out of the water because that's totally contrary to common thinking. And we sort of think in this sort of scientific, very logical way that there's always cause and effect to things, that there's always this causal relationship to what's going on in my life. Like, I can always explain what happened. And that goes totally against this idea that God truly needs to uphold the universe. And I'm not sure what that means fully, but I do know that that's clearly revealed to us in Scripture, and so that there's an element of that that God is here and now with us all the time.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't help but think... um... offensive that must be to God really to think that on a day-to-day basis we're fine on our own now some trouble comes like you mentioned Rich some kind of tragedy occurs now we need comfort now we need that relationship so we go to God and then we're just you know completely using him for our own selfish motives Um,
1: yeah yesterday I didn't really get into that much in the sermon That I focus more on the creation part, therefore God is the owner. I didn't focus a lot on the sustaining part. That we are literally dependent. Tomorrow morning, I am completely dependent upon God for life. Mm -hmm. That really changes the mindset of a person. When you realize your complete dependence upon someone. Um, You think of a young child. They're completely dependent upon mom or dad or grandpa or grandpa. Someone to get them food. Someone to clothe them. In the same way, even a much bigger level, we're completely dependent upon God for air, breath, um, basically everything. All
0: right. Um, we'll stick with that, that theme in just a little bit, only slightly shifting gears. and um, How would you say, um, if someone were to ask, um, like, how active is God right now? Um, is he still creating or... Uh, as we talked about, he wants to be in relationship. We know that. We know that he entered the world in the flesh and things like that. Um, but is he still creating? Um, you know, how active is he here, here now?
1: It's a very uh, question. Man. Thing. Well, one, you know, we believe in a triune God, so we believe that at this very moment, the Spirit of God, God Himself, is active, still here on Earth today, through God's people, that the Holy Spirit is dwelling. Uh, in the church, uh, among the church, and is empowering the church for service today. So anytime the true church um, is active in the world today, that's God that's active in the world, is empowered by the Holy Spirit. So I believe God is very active in the world today, bringing clean water to people that don't have clean water. God is active every day when there's the fruit of the Spirit, uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Um, Gets you an interesting question about, is God still creating to today um you know, this universe is just this magnificent. Um, we just don't, we probably can't comprehend everything that's going on in the universe. I'm not exactly sure what direction to go there with. Is God still creating today?
2: Yeah, and I think it's how you define that. I mean, in a true physical sense, I mean, it's hard, it'd be hard to, you know, to say that God is creating in a true physical sense. Like, Tomorrow I'm going to walk outside my door and there's going to be a new tree that no one's ever seen before. Mm -hmm. But in some senses, God truly is creating because we are his creations and and we are interacting with each other. And God is interacting in our lives, creating Mm -hmm. new circumstances, creating new situations, working with us in the fact that we are loving him and he is loving us and he is caring and providing for us in a very transcendent way, like he's just with us. And I think in that sense, God is truly creating every day and that's how the Holy Spirit is working in us. Now do I believe I'm gonna walk outside and find a new tree? No, but I do believe that God's creating things in my life that would would not exist without Him, and and in that, that truly is the definition of creation. I think.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, we'll shift gears a little bit here. I just wanted to um, point out talking about this um, kind of day to day reliance on God and God as sustainer. Um, I really like what Packer says here at the bottom of page 22, and then. He says, realizing our moment-by-moment dependence on God the Creator for our very existence makes it appropriate to live lives of devotion, commitment, gratitude, and loyalty towards Him. I just love that that idea of recognizing God as Creator equals devotion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you touched on that yesterday in your sermon, but it, is there any other response when we realize that, that God created all of this, but to just <laughs> bow down and say, you are God, I,
1: I, I always use the example, and it's been used, I haven't come up with this, but I know another person that uses this example a lot, is when we're in the presence of human greatness, what do we do? <laughs> we like, oh, you're awesome. Yeah. Thing. So when you go to a basketball game and you watch LeBron James play, mm-hmm. as you're watching LeBron James play, you're not like, man, I'm a really good basketball player. <laughs> Remember our days in church league? That, that was me. No, no. The whole time you're thinking, this guy's awesome, and you're clapping, and you're cheering. The response mm-hmm. to human greatness is praise. We know that we go to the Grand Canyon what do you do? whoa this is awesome this is magnificent you're saying at the Grand Canyon you're not like "Wow I'm a huge person you're looking at the hugeness I'm oh, mm-hmm. sure that's a word you're looking at the greatness <laughs> of the Grand Canyon and so the response should be when we encounter the Creator is praise we know that at the human level um, it just doesn't always transcend to when we encounter the creator of the universe
2: and I, and I find myself. <clears throat> wanting to study and grasp more knowledge in life in order to truly continue to be amazed. Because one thing about creation is I really think we can get into a rut in our lives. We can get into a rut and not realize how truly complex and beautiful the human body is, how truly complex and beautiful the idea that we can go outside, we can breathe, we can be part of an atmosphere, we can be part of an air. And so I find myself, in order to encounter the greatness of God, trying to learn more and more about the creation that God has. And I think that's an amazing way in order for me truly to be in awe of that. Because if you watch the same play of LeBron James over and over again, it loses value. But the great thing mm-hmm. is LeBron James playing basketball again. And there is more elements of creation than any human could ever understand in one lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so you can always go out and explore and find new things to encounter the truly greatness of God in his creation. And I find myself doing that all the time. And and. It truly is amazing. It truly is what brings me to my knees all the time of just, like, how amazing this truly is.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, sorry to interrupt here, but if you're just joining us, really encourage you on the right side of your screen. There's a little chat window. Just sign in your name or sign in your cat's name or your dog's name or your hamster's name Mm -hmm. and join in, ask a question, or make a comment. We'd love to hear from you over there on the right side of your screen.
0: All right, well, I want to make sure we have a little time to to cover this. Um, And uh, that is kind of humanity what it means to be human um you know humans are are clearly set aside as something different in god's creation with a unique purpose um first of all i'd just like to have you guys give us some general thoughts um what does it mean to be
1: human that's a i mean at one level this is like a major philosophical Mm -hmm. deep question but all of us are answering this question every day in the sense of we're deciding why we exist and the purpose of why I live. And, and I, for me personally, I know that I live a lot of my life and I have in the past that the reason I existed was to uh, accomplish something. Was for me personally, the big thing is always to perform or to be productive, to work hard, uh, so, that, so to work hard. So then what I could do is I could have fun and consume Thing Kind of in that mindset of I work hard, I get, then I can have. So, the purpose of humanity really is to live and to have. Um, When my life really began to change, when I began to understand that to be human really isn't to just be productive, do stuff, and to live then, but the purpose of humanity is to glorify God. That really it's not about um, just having and kind of obeying some rules, but really to be human is to live for the glory of God, or in other words, is to live as one created in the image of God. When I live as one created in the image of God, I glorify God. I'm living, I'm truly being human at that time. This might seem really high and complicated, but uh, at one level it's extremely simple, and that I want to honor God in everything that I'm doing. And that's what I was created to do. So to be human, I would argue, to be human is to be one who is doing what they were created to do, glorify and honor God by living in His image, or reflecting His image to the world.
2: Um, yeah, I think, I think that comes down to why... Why were we created at at all? And I think that that's something, if we're truly getting to the essence of the essentials, that's a very basic question to be answered. And I think God reveals to us, and it's essential for us to believe that we were created to glorify God. And if you don't have that as your sort of core essential foundation to who you are, your life is just going to go all... I mean, Richard's little example of performance, I think is... Not a little example. It's actually a great example. Lots of human beings find themselves in situations every day where they feel like their worth, their true human worth, is based upon what they can do. And that's not just stars, that's not just people who are that's people in everyday jobs, even the simplest jobs. People feel like if they messed up, now their life is totally over. And and it's really this fact that people don't understand that because they were created in God's image, that gives them worth just on that sentence alone. And that's where you find your worth in order to strive to fulfill your purpose, which is to glorify God. And now, what that looks like, that's going to be different for all three of us. It's going to be different for all you guys. Mm -hmm. But truly, if you find your worth in the fact that you are created in His image, you can go out and you can glorify God in thousands of different ways. Mm -hmm. With hundreds, you could fail every single time at whatever humanistic thing you're trying to do doesn't change your worth doesn't change your purpose doesn't change what you're trying to do that's really hard for the human to understand because we have this nature that's always striving for acceptance for you know yeah no i don't know i don't know anyone
1: that wakes up in the morning and says i don't want to be accepted today (laughs) I i don't know anyone that wakes up in the morning and says i don't want to be valued today i don't want to feel as though i'm worth something today Everybody has a desire to be valued. Everybody has a desire to feel as though they're worth something. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of what's going to cause them to feel valued, what's going to cause them to feel as though they've been um, held as someone who's honorable and and, uh, worthwhile. And Derek gets it right on the point, saying our value and our worth comes from the fact that we're created by God. So we inherently are extremely valuable. The gift of human life, human life is a gift and is valuable. In and of itself, before even doing anything else. Every once in a while, you'll see an ad. I'm just seeing an ad right now that says "How to Memorize Scripture." Click here. <laughs> those are not our ads. Those are not our ads. We're using a free service, and they just advertise how they want. They go ahead and click it if you'd like, but uh, we—those are not our ads. We get no kicks from those ads. No. But if you would like to advertise, we could put a little <laughs> mug here or something with your with your name on it. Yeah, we got it. King
2: Glory advertised right here. Yep.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I don't have a clock in front of me. May I check? I've got right a few
1: here. minutes left. Three okay. or four minutes left. If you got a question or comment, now is the time to make it. Type in and hit that. Hit that enter button. So, do you have any any questions that need to be?
0: No, have we had? No, any we're comment? good. I okay. think. I just don't check. Um. You guys have any parting thoughts? Otherwise, I can uh, throw a throw a curveball at you or something. No, nope, go ahead. Curveball. Let's go curveball. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm gonna throw this out because it's when we're talking the topic of creation. Here's a debate you hear and um, a lot of theories about creation. We talked about Bible last week and in interpretation. Look at Genesis. We see the creation story. There's all this debate on: Do we take it literally? Is it figurative? there's this young earth old earth argument things like that. My question for you is without getting into the details of all those arguments just at a high level, how important to us do you think it is that we that we have a good comprehension of the creation narrative that we can come to some kind of an agreement or understanding of which one we think it is, what our theory is. You know, how much time should we spend on something like that?
1: Mm-hmm on one level um it could be considered a secondary issue but on another level the moment you uh take creation and begin to question creation you begin to question one of the just themes throughout the whole bible that god is the owner of everything which changes the whole message of repentance and all of all of that um but what i would say at a very high level is in regards to understanding the different theories that exist of whether it's a 7-day literal creation um more of a thousand-year creation, uh, more God started it, and then it um, just kind of took place after that. Uh, What I would say is it's important to be able to go and understand the different arguments. So, for example, if my neighbor um, has a certain theory, I want to understand that theory so I can enter into conversation about it. Um, And then you need to be able to articulate what you believe is to be a correct interpretation of Scripture with keeping the main purpose in mind that God is creator. But I think you should be willing to dig in and get educated, answer questions, and uh, ultimately, I really encourage not to get lost in the sense of saying, I can't prove it, I can't prove it. Uh, God says nowhere, prove it. God doesn't need our defense. God doesn't need us to be able to prove creation to our next door neighbor. God is fine without us. As it says in Acts 17, he's not served by human hands. He'll be just fine without our defense Tomorrow, But it is important that we're able to converse with our neighbors in a loving way. And ultimately, if there's disagreement over it, I'd go back and I'd talk about the person of Jesus Christ. Did Jesus live and die and rise from the dead? And start the conversation from there if they're willing to do that. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think I, I think that that's important. Because I find myself in a lot of discussions, not even just on the old earth versus new earth, but really on just the discussions with anybody on the idea of where did everything come from and what is everything. Mm-hmm. That there's a lot of points of talking past each other. Because just because someone says, I believe in whatever, the Big Bang, or I believe that, you know, the three seconds after me, all these things, people say I believe that, that doesn't automatically assume that they don't believe in a creator. And it's mm-hmm. and it's being able to discuss on the same level that becomes very important because a lot of that stuff like Richard's saying really doesn't matter. It's just this idea that what are we reading as the literal meaning, or however you want to define that from our from a round table, but Reading that God is the creator, the means of creation in in a very practical sense, isn't that important. And it really isn't that important to understanding who humanity is and and the purpose in which we're walking today. And I think that that's important because one of the ways in which you talk to a new believer is is they first need to understand that they were created being. Mm -hmm. But they created on a thousand year old earth or four thousand year old earth, it doesn't matter. But they need to understand that they were created, that there's a problem in this world that God gave us an answer to that problem in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and we have hope in that. And, and whatever the details are inside of there, the Holy Spirit's going to work on that and work through that. And that's the important part is just don't talk past each other. Get to the root of the issue that God created the world and talk on that versus, you know, yeah. well, it doesn't say anything about you know string theory in the Bible, then yeah. you know we can't talk yeah. about that.
0: I think your point is a good one because um, even if we don't, have great answers and like complete answers to all this this is kind of one of those areas where when you're just conversing with somebody there's maybe you know a Christian or maybe someone with just a lot of questions um they' this is one of the things that everybody is thinking about they're, they're thinking about you know how did this all come to be you know who am I why am I here these types of things so there's always gonna kind of it's gonna come up in conversation so maybe it's not so critical that we have every answer there but we should have some account to where we can I think, yeah. engage in that discussion because it's kind of a it's an in to some extent you know when you're just discussing so
1: well we really appreciate everybody joining us tonight for the chat thank mm-hmm. you so much for watching and if you're listening via podcast thanks for listening this week hope you'll listen every week to the essentials live please join us next monday night at 9:30 p.m or tune in throughout the week and download the podcast from kingofglorysf.org/backslash essentials. Uh, for Rich and Derek and Paul, thanks for joining us. We're pumped that you would take some time and uh, converse about the foundation of our life together: God's Word. Thanks for being here. Good night.